0: All right, Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Uh, it says, Jesus left there and he went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these teachings? They asked. What's this wisdom that had been given to him? What are these remarkable signs and miracles that he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, "Man, a prophet is without honour, sorry, a prophet is not without honour, except in his own town, among his own relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there, except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. If you want to hear from God today, if you came here not just to hear from me, but to hear from God, uh, would you reach out your hands as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much." that Your Word is still relevant, that it's always been relevant, that it'll always be relevant, that it's it's not just writing, but God, as it's read, it is, it is alive. It is the living <clears throat> Word of God. And I thank You that now, 2021, God, a couple of thousand years after You sent Your Son to walk this earth, We can still be inspired, encouraged, reminded, even healed as we sit under Your Word. And so God, we open up our hearts. Our hearts expect to hear from You today, God. We open up our hearts to hear. And God, where there's distraction, because maybe we feel ashamed of things we've done or said or missed or or, or what happened on the way to church, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that those distractions would die and break off, that we could hear Your Word that we could be encouraged and inspired, refreshed in your presence and leave this place better than we walked in with a greater relationship with our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Would you high five one of your neighbours as you take your seats? Come on, come on. I'm expecting God to move in your life today. Amen. I wanna talk to you today about the two ways, about the two ways that you can amaze Jesus. Does anybody in here wanna amaze their Savior? Give me a wave, right? Like, anyone wanna have the kind of life that your Savior is amazed, right? Like, I wanna be that guy. I want Jesus to look at me and be like, yeah, that's my boy. Amazing. I want to amaze (coughs) Jesus. Anybody else, right? Do any of your kids amaze you? Hands up if you're a parent in the room today, right? oh, Lots of parents everywhere. Eternity Church is a church of breeders, that is for sure, right? And uh, I'm setting the example there. I got five of those little midgets, and so it's all good. But um, but when you've got five kids, you have moments where these children amaze you, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Like they do something incredible, and you're amazed, and you're like, wow, you're actually a somewhat decent human. And if you're a parent you know that there are often times where you're not sure if it's a demon or a child and so you're and then they do something amazing and you're like, oh, we all right then <clears throat> this parenting thing's gonna be okay you know like you walk into the kitchen and they're doing the dishes We were blown away uh, last week as my wife walked into the kitchen and two of our children were unstacking the dishwasher and restacking the dishwasher and we're like wow, we are amazing parents and they're amazing kids, right? you, you, You know when they do something they weren't asked for, right? And you're amazed, you know what I'm talking about? And Some of you are like, not once ever has that happened. And there's hope for you, yeah, just keep praying for them, right? But my kids amaze me sometimes. Sometimes they amaze me because they do dumb things. And just like, wow, who are you? And then other times they do like really incredible things and you're like, awesome, that's my boy. That's my girl, right? Like our kids, our kids are really, really creative. I just had kids like a New Zealander. It was an awful moment in my life. I love New Zealanders, but I don't, deserve, I don't deserve the respect of speaking as awesome as they do, right? And um, they're great people. I actually found out, I know, you know how I've teased New Zealanders a little bit from my stage, right? I did find out that I'm probably close to half New Zealander. That. So, you know, so I'm starting to fall more and more in love with them. Sarah Bloom, I got you, wherever you are, I love you. <clears throat> anyway, our kids. Kids are, are really creative. They, they get that from their mum. She's kind of artistic and resourceful and colourful and things. And, and, uh, and so, like, like, our kids are so creative. Charlie even made his own friend once, um, named him Evil Fred. He made his own friend. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. He drew on cardboard and cut out his own friend. I don't know how lonely he was at that point in his life, but he named him, he had his own friend, he named him Evil Fred, and he he was very, very sure to tell us, mom, dad, Evil Fred's his name, but it's not who he is, all right? He's not evil, that's just his name, right? And I think that's because he knows that I'd be like, hey, you stop hanging out with that evil kid, you know? And so he's like, it's not who he is, it's just his name. Now, when your kid makes his own friend out of cardboard, that's a scary moment for a dad, right? I was so scared that I was gonna be the dad that raised the kid that has an imaginary friend. You don't wanna be that dad. No, no, so y'all you, you don't get it because your kid hasn't done it. You don't wanna be that guy. It's funny when you watch the guy on TV. It ain't funny when he lives in your house. Right, he took this cardboard friend everywhere he went. I'm pretty sure that evil Fred gave his life to Christ a few times here at Eternity Church, right? We counted him, made our numbers look good. But I was getting worried. I really was, because we were hoping this was a couple of hour thing. But it turned into a few weeks of this dude living in our house, coming to dinner with us and all sorts of things. And, and all I could picture was Charlie graduating from high school and he's up there with his mate Evil Fred and every other parent there is looking at Lauren and I and I'm like, what did you do to that kid? And I'm like, right, like you, you don't wanna be the, come on dads, back me up. You don't wanna be the dad of the kid that has an imaginary friend, am I right? Right. Like, as I scroll through a list of the kinds of dad that I want to be, dad of the kid with imaginary friend is like on the bottom of my list. Like, dad of the kid that went to prison for Grand Theft Auto, that's higher on my list, right? Now, that's a good dad right there. Dad of the kid that stole 147 F-150s from the Yaman Ford in Indianola, that dad is better than the dad that raised the kid that had an imaginary friend. Come on, some dads say amen for me right now, Right? Like you feel me, right? Like I don't want to be that guy. That was a very long season. I was really thinking that was going to be just a just a couple of uh, just a couple of hours, maybe a couple of days. It went longer. But like I said, our kids are creative, and it's all Lauren's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Three or four years ago, our kids created another really special thing. Um, our, our kids like to make their own toys, right? Um, you know, and that's cool. I like that too. You know, I'm like, just build that, you know, and. Uh, you don't need to spend all the monies, you build that, you know? And, um, one of our kids was playing with these little balls that he made, and we noticed the little balls were a little bit different, quite unique, a little different than any of the other little toys that we'd seen around the house, and and uh, you know because you know our kids make their own toys, so it wasn't such a big deal. Um, but uh, any any time you know, so we started to notice that as the kids play with them, they stank a little bit. We're like, I don't know what these are made out of. And uh, one day, Lauren's exploring uh, the closet of said child, and we discover that their little homemade brown bowls and, um, and you know what, our kids are so clever, so creative, so resourceful that our little kid had made little brown marbles out of his own poo. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, amazing, right? Like you yeah, ever just look at your kids and they just amaze you? You know, sometimes you're like, that's my boy. And some days you're like, that's her boy. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm like, we ain't super rich or anything, but we for sure ain't so broke that we got to save our poo to make toys. (laughs) Right? Like, I will buy you some marbles, dude. You just ask me, I will buy the marbles, right? Come on, anybody else's kids amaze you a little bit? Yeah, You, you just hang out with your kids. They do something, you're like, wow. And other times you're like, wow, you know? Like, they're amazing, aren't they? Well, today, awkward transition in three, two, one. Today, I want to show you two ways that you can amaze God. Does that sound like a good word for you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the ways that you can amaze God will be like making marbles out of your own poo, and the other way will be much better and God will love it. Alright? Sound good? The other way, God will be like, Man, check out my kid. Look what they've done. Okay? So y'all ready for that? Awesome. Some of y'all like, I don't even know if I wanna to come to this church anymore. Alright? Look, it was ages ago. It was at least like at least last week, alright? So leave us alone, alright? And so but I want to talk to you today about how you can amaze God. But first I want to look at this first story here that I read at the start, right? Did you notice what it was that amazed Jesus in the story? It was the people's lack of faith that amazed Jesus in the story. Now, Jesus Christ is the Word, right? was does it say? He's the Word. And the Word was, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And Jesus Christ is the Word. He's been there from the start. He's, he's still there today. He'll be there till the end. He has seen it all. He's seen us all. Can you imagine having such little faith that you actually managed to amaze that guy with how little faith you had, right? He was there in the beginning. He was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, right? That's a very special lack of faith. Am I right? Like, wouldn't you agree? So I want to look at what was so special about their lack of faith as compared to, say, other times in Scripture where people had little faith and Jesus wasn't amazed. For example, like Peter, we talked about the last couple of weeks, Peter getting out of the boat, he's walking on water, he begins to sink, and then Jesus says to him, you have little faith, right? Why was that not amazing to him? Why was he not amazed at his little faith? But these people, their lack of faith amazed him, right? Well, we'll go to the start of the text. There's something interesting that happens at the start of the text. Did you notice that before they amazed Jesus, he amazed them? Did you notice that? In his hometown, he began to teach them in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. And so they asked, Where did this man get these things? What's this wisdom that has been given him? How about these remarkable miracles that he is performing, right? So before Jesus was amazed by their lack of faith, they were actually amazed by his wisdom, amazed by his power, and amazed by his incredible teaching gift. Isn't that interesting? that after they were amazed that they can go from that kind of response to, well, lack of faith, to Jesus being amazed at how they don't have faith. So what changed the story? So to see what made their Lack of faith so special. I thought we should go look at the only other time in all of Scripture where it says that Jesus was amazed. There are only two times from the beginning to the end of all Scripture that it says that Jesus was amazed. The second time, or the other time, is Matthew 8, 5. It says, "'When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. "'He said, "'Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly.'" And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? (laughs) And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man of authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And I tell that one, come, and he comes. I tell my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was Amazed. And he said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found faith like this in all of Israel. In this story, Jesus was amazed by the centurions' great faith. In the first story, he was amazed by their lack of faith. But in all of Scripture, we see other people have faith, don't we? We see other people have little faith. We see other people have a lot of faith. Why did these two faith stories? amazed Jesus so much. See, the people in his hometown, they heard the most amazing preacher of all time. They sat under the most... amazing wisdom the earth had ever seen, which by the way is available to you today as well. Amen. They witnessed a few miracles. It says that Jesus couldn't do any miracles there except heal a few people. What that means is he had done miracles and then something changed and he couldn't do any more. That's what that means, right? And so they witnessed a few miracles in his presence and they were amazed. And then they started saying after being amazed, after being blown away, after asking, wow, this is incredible, who is this? After all of that, they start to shift in their thinking and, and in their focus and they say, hold up. Ain't this Mary's boy? <clears throat> Isn't this the carpenter that used to live here? Isn't that James and Simon's brother? Oh man, dude's just one of us. Why are we sitting here? Why are we listening to this fool? Come on, right? Their attention shifted from His divinity, from the miraculous, from His authority, and it shifted from all of that. Their attention shifted from His divinity to His humanity without any regard for the fact that they had just seen Him divinely heal people and teach with a wisdom only from heaven. Their eyes went from healer to Mary's boy. You know, God was, Jesus was fully God. God holy man at the same time but all they could see was isn't that James's bro I saw that bloke full off his bike when he was little just over there a few years ago right that that was him right but what did the centurion say see they're like oh that's just a dude the centurion though he said I now, now mind you these guys saw all that with their eyes and then focused on his humanity and said just a dude The centurion who had seen nothing walked up to Jesus and said, I too am a man of authority. Not I am, not not I know what it's, no, no. I also, like you, I am a man of authority. And when I say come, they come. When I say go, they go. So Jesus, I know that if you just say the word, (laughs) my servant will be healed. See, the centurion's great faith amazed God because his great faith was rooted and established in a perfect understanding of who Jesus is and the authority that he carried. Amen. And the, the, the hometown hobos from earlier, their faith, their lack of faith was rooted in humanity. What could a man do? How could a man heal us? How could a man teach us? All about what they don't we do that to leaders often? You might have a connect group leader and you might be sick and Scripture says call upon the elders of the church to lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. And, and all you can see is the fact that, well, they're human and they did this and they made that mistake. And, and I know about the fight that they had with their wife or the fight that she had with her husband. So I couldn't possibly call that person to come and pray for me. And we look at people's humanity instead of the anointing that God put on their lives. Do you know why God anoints us? Because our humanity gets in the way every time. And as men and women of God, we got to look past someone's humanity humanity and look at the divinity look at the anointing that god put on their lives and in that moment you'll see the miraculous unfold in your life your leaders your connect group leaders your bible study leaders the pastors in this church all human anointed and called by god amen in this story the centurion soldier knew who he was and the authority that he carried he said i know You are God. If you say the word, they will be healed because you have authority. I don't want to be like those hometown hobos that none of that. they're just like, oh yeah, all I see is this or your flesh and whatever. No, 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 I want to be like the centurion. I want faith that says, Father, I know who you are. It was you who laid the foundations of the earth. You made mankind and you stood back and you're like, oh, they are so good. You're the one that knit me together in my mother's womb. You're the one who said that you have good plans for my life. You said that you want to, prosper my life. You commanded me to increase and fill the earth. You said your name is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So I'm asking you to do that in my life right now. I know who you are. You said you're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me. So I'm asking you to heal right now. You said that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, or even imagine God. And so I'm asking you to do that in my life now. You said that I can come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, that He is the way, that He is the life, that He is the truth. So I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ to provide for my family, to protect my family, while I'm on this business trip to help me out of this mess that I found myself in, to show me the way to the promotion that I've been praying for. God, I'm asking you, I know who you are. That's who the centurion was. Who are you? Do you know who he is? Or is he just a dude that walked on earth a few thousand years ago? Do you know who Jesus is? He's the Son of God. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's not just some dude talking about the way. He's not just some dude dude sitting down at a synagogue having a little chat with everybody. He is the one church. If you want to have an amazing faith, it all starts with who is He? It all starts with who is God. Not who is He to you. Who He is to you makes it who is He? Do you know who He is? Amen. Do you know the authority that He has? Do you understand the promises He's made for your life, church? Should all starts with, do you know who He is? Come on. Next time you see a promotion available at work, yeah, let's go there. Let's go with the whole, you know, the faith gospel, right? Well, I'm a faith guy, so let's go there. Next time a promotion comes up at work, what are you going to do? Uh, if you want it, I'd apply you to go for it. I mean, I, I'd advise you to go for it and remind yourself, right? That in 2 Corinthians, my God, who has the authority over everything in heaven and on earth, that that God said to me that he is able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance so that I may always and in every circumstance be self-sufficient, having enough to require no aid and no support and living in abundance that I may be able to do every good work and be able to be a charitable person rather than the person who always requires charity. You said that. You said that. that. That's who you said. That's what you said. And I know that you've got the authority To do what you promised me you would do. So church, ask Him to heal you. Ask Him to protect your kids when you're away. Ask Him to protect your kids when they're at school, right? I hear a lot of people saying, it's so dangerous to send your kids to public school now because they want to indoctrinate your children with so much garbage. And I'm not going to lie, I think that's true. Not everybody can afford to or is in a position to or gets a pastor's discount or whatever else to send their kids to a Christian school. So God protect my kids, right? God protect My kids, as they go there, he can do that. Church, ask him to bless you, ask him to increase you, ask him to supply all of your needs. I'm not just saying all this so that y'all live a better life, I'm not just saying it also that we have more Ferraris in the parking lot, more A to begin with. You know, mind you, y'all know what the Bible says about Ferraris, don't you? You got to give 10% of the time to your pastor. It's written in first something. I can't remember where. It's in there somewhere, right? Come on. I'm not just telling you to be a man or a woman of faith so that you can you know, fill up the parking lot with BMWs and luxury cars. No. No, I'm not just saying it so you can get promoted. I'm not just saying it so you give more at church. I'm not just saying it so that you can walk around and be like, look how God is... No, 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 no. I'm also saying it because the more faith you have the better your relationship with God will be. Did you know that you'll have a better relationship with God if you live your life with an amazing faith? Did you know that? I want to show you a couple of ways, three ways actually, um, that you can have a better relationship, that you will, not can, that you will have a better relationship with God because of your amazing faith. You ready for that? Right? Like I am like two-thirds of the way through my sermon and now I'm ready for my three points. All right, so just uh, text your friends. I'm going to be late today, you know. And be all right. Number one is God is pleased when I have faith. Amen. God is pleased when I have faith, and He can't be pleased when I don't have faith. Hebrews 11 says without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe who He is and that He re- rewards those who seek Him. See, when you have faith, God is pleased. Think of the times that your kids did things that made you smile, <clears throat> right? Think of the times that, 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 that they made you proud, that, that, that they made you feel a deep sense of pleasure in your in your heart that you've got kids and, and that these are your kids. These specific ones, those are my kids. And you're telling everybody, 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 come, come, look, this, these are my kids, right? Look right here, these These are my kids. Did you see what my kids did, right? Like that is so much better than when they make marbles out of poo and I'm like, those are Lauren's kids, you know? Right, no, no, no. There are moments in your life where God will look down at you and your amazing faith and He will smile and He will take pleasure in you and He will be calling the angels in heaven and saying, look at what they're doing right now. Did you see what Soren Green just prayed? Did you see what Soren Green just asked me to do? Like I'm pro- I don't think that'll be good for him. So I'm gonna do this instead, something better. But I'm just so glad that he knew that I'm the one that can do that. So he asked me. Like that, that, it pleases God. See, even if God has a better plan than the one that you're praying for, he's still pleased and smiling that you knew who he was and asked him to do what only he can do. I, gotta t- I say that to say this because there are times in my life where I've prayed for things that a year later, I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't get that. you know, Because God did this instead, you know, right? You know, like when you're praying for a Camry and then, you know, a year later, you're like, man, I'm glad I didn't get that because now I got a Ford or I got something. <laughs> That's harsh. All right, moving on. God smiles upon you. Isn't that cool to know that God smiles upon you? That God's heart is for you. Yeah. I want to show you the second way um, that having faith um, increases your relationship with God is that amazing faith is rooted in knowing who God is. Yeah. The more you know who He is... The more you love him, the more you want to spend time with him. The more you get to know him, the more you become like him. Right? What do your parents always say: stop hanging out with evil Fred. You're going to become like him. Right? Like you know, don't your friend, don't your parents say that? Right? The more you hang out with Jesus, the more you're going to become like him. Right? <clears throat> and God wants us to be transformed continually into the image of His Son. That means what God is saying is, I want you to become like Jesus. the more that you hang out with me, the more you get to know me. Come on, the the more you know who I am, the more you'll become like me, right? I love it when my kids know who I am. There's a moment in their lives where they go from just asking me for stuff, but when they're like, I know who this bloke is. I know who my dad is. Growing up, my, my dad was always the boss everywhere I went and you know, he would run massive job size with a billion dollars or whatever else. And anytime I went there, my dad was the boss and I knew it. And I knew it. I'm like, I know who my dad is, right? I love it when my kids know who I am. I love it when they're sitting on the front row and they know I'm not just some dude preaching on the stage on the weekend. I'm their dad. I'm their protector. I'm their provider. I'm their refuge. I'm the one with the resources to give them what they need. Amen. I'm their dad teacher i'm there for them i love it when they know who i am and it blesses my heart when they know a couple of years ago charlie because the crazy stories are almost always charlie a couple of years ago charlie just barged into our room in the middle of the night or close to it and, hey dad i know that no one could ever hurt our family because you would destroy them right <laughs> Like you've got guns and you've got muscles and, and you're the biggest one in this house and you protect us, hey. And I'm like, yeah, mate, that's true. Why do you ask? He's like, I wasn't asking, I know. Yeah. And I was like, let's go, come on. And then my favourite bit at the end, he goes, and after you shoot them, you'd pray for them. I know you would. <laughs> You'd help them after you shot them. That blessed my heart because he's right. I would. Boom. Bro, I am sorry about that hole in you right now. But repeat after me, dear God. No, 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 no. I know you messed up. I know you made a mess. I know that right now you're holding our TV in your hand. But God forgives. He's gracious. And all who call on the name of the Lord. Hey. Wake up! All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Dear God, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of... He's right. I would do that. I love it when my kids know who I am. Weird weird story, but it blessed me to see that he knows who his dad is. Not just that I would lay it all down to protect them, but that also... I'd pray for that dude afterwards. <laughs> that really pleased me. Wouldn't it please you if your kids knew that about you? Even this week, one of my kids, I asked one of the kids to pray for Eli. We were all together. We were going to pray for each other. And Eli had been struggling with some things and, and, uh, and he wanted us to pray for him. And I said, all right, hey, I, I might've asked Judah or Zoe or someone else. I said, can you pray for Eli? And I'll pray. For and, and, and Eli goes, now I just feel the safest when you pray. And why did he say that? Why did he say Now, Now, I'm teaching my kids that everybody's, that he hears all who call on the name of the Lord. But why did he say that? Because he knows that I pray. And he knows that I'm plugged in to the creator of the universe. And he knows that when I pray, things do happen. In our family, in our home, in our neighborhood, in our church, they know that when I pray, things change. My kids know who I am and they know who my God is. Amen. And as a family, we're on a journey. We're on a journey to teach them who they are and how they can plug into God too. But while we wait, they know who I am. In the same way, it really does bless God when you know who He really is. It really does bless God when you know His heart for you. It really does bless God when you mess up when you make a mistake, when you do something that's so counter his word, but you know that he's, he welcomes you in his house anyway, and so you came to church today, it blessed his heart that you know who he is. It blesses his heart when you know he's not okay with it and still welcomes you. It blesses his heart when you know who he is. Amen. When, I, when we believe his word, when we understand his gracious heart for us, his jealous protection toward us and his power to save us, listen, this is not just a sermon so that you can get more things in your life. Although, yes, increase, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. He did say that right at the start. The first thing he commanded us to do is increase and and, and take and have authority in the earth. and, And that's fantastic. But I believe that this is a sermon that will that will increase and improve your relationship with God because you know who he is. See, amazing faith, it's not derived from believing God for big things. It's derived from understanding who is big enough to provide them. You don't have a better faith because you believed for a million dollars versus the person who believed for the $10 to fill their gas tank. The, The thing is, do you know that he's the one that can do the 10 and the million? Do do you know who he is? It's it's not about how much. It's not about what you have. It's about who is he? Do you know who he is? An old preacher's sermon on how to increase in your life through faith and obedience to God. But do you know who he is? Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know his power? Do you know how pleased he is with every little step of faith that you take? Another way that faith improves your relationship with God is amazing faith will tell other people what God is doing in your life. Scripture calls us the bride of Christ, right? Have you heard that term before? The bride of Christ. And and it doesn't mean that we're effeminate or anything like that, although the women are and... The men probably aren't, but uh, but what it what it means in, in that in that illustration is that he's our provider, our protector, and that he's jealous for us and wants to protect us from anyone that would try to lead us away in lust or whatever else. You understand the illustration and and so it, it paints us like the church is the bride of Christ and he is the, the groom. And 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 I, I know from my relationship with my wife that that if I'm afraid to tell other people about her, I probably don't have a good relationship with her. Right? And that that, that in fact, if I am intentionally hiding the fact that, that, that she has me and I have her in our lives, then I'm probably up to no good. Right? And in the same way, an amazing faith will tell other people who God is and what he's doing and what they expect of him. First Peter says, Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense. To anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, another one says always be willing to give a testimony of the, for, for the faith that you have and the good works that have been done in your life. Always be willing to share it. Always be willing to talk about it. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have, the expectation that's in your heart, the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. If you're not willing to talk about Him, you probably don't have much faith in Him. Are you honouring Christ? Do you have enough faith to tell people who He is, what you're expecting Him to do? Listen, the more I talk about my wife, the more I love my wife. It just happens that way. The more I talk about my church, the more I love my church. The more I talk about my God, the more I love my God. It just happens that way. When I'm convinced that God said He's going to do something in my life, I tell people about it. If I believe I'm getting healed, I'm going to tell you I'm getting healed. Because my God's Jehovah Rapha. When I believe God's telling me that He's gonna provide for all my needs, then I'm gonna tell you God will provide for me in this mess. I'm not afraid that maybe He isn't who He said He is. I'm not afraid that maybe He lied to me. No, when He speaks, I amen. When He promises, I amen. When I read His Word, what it says, I believe it and I amen it. And I'm prepared to tell people I'm not afraid that he won't do what he said he'll do. I'm not afraid he'll make me look like a fool. It's not his heart. In fact, though, faith makes a fool of what the world says makes sense. Amen. I remember when we bought our first home in the United States. It was about seven years ago, I think. I remember when God told us it's time to buy a house here because you're staying here in the USA. Amazing faith says, yes and amen. So we said, yes and amen in faith. Yep, fine, we'll buy a house here. We wanna own a piece of this place. We wanna own a bit of the dirt in this country. We want roots deep in the ground. This is our home. We'd only been here at the time for about two and a half, maybe three years, but we were like, no. God said, "You're never leaving. You'll always live in the United States." Well, well, then that's what's going to happen. So, so before we knew how it would all work, before we knew whether or not we'd build up enough good credit or not, because when you move here, you start at zero. Uh, before we knew whether it's possible in the natural or not, we told people we're buying a house this year. Almost every bit of wealth that I had was tied up in retirement accounts didn't have deposits so to speak but we're buying a house this year we're never leaving this country we're going to pastor this church for at least another 30 years right now I think I've got 26 years left 35 years is my max by that point I'll be way too cranky (laughs) it is what it is I'm a Newman I've seen generation after generation of Newmans I know when it's time We told people, God said it, it's gonna happen. First house, that's a big faith step. That's a big declaration. I don't even know if I got credit yet. Come on. But amazing faith, it's not ashamed of God. It's not worried about whether or not He'll He'll make me look like a fool. He'll come through. Amazing faith tells people what they believe God's gonna do. It gives a reason for the testimony. It gives a reason for the faith and the hope the expectation that they have in their lives. And that increases your relationship with God. It makes you more proud of, that's my God. Amen. And God's saying, and that's my girl, that's my boy. I got that family in my hands. Would you all stand up with me, church? Two things we got to do before we end the service. Three things, really. That seemed like one of those scriptures. What was that scripture? There's two things the Lord loves, three things he, he admires or something. Proverbs, yeah, it is too. You know it's the Holy Spirit when you start speaking in riddles, all right? I'm just kidding. A couple of things we're going to do. First, I want to give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. And then after that, we're going to take communion together, all of us, okay? Okay. Um, the first of the month first weekend of the month and so we used to always do communion on the first weekend of the month in the last uh, year or so we've um, been more sporadic than that and we're going to go back to the first weekend of every month Um, and um, so we're going to do that but first I want to give people an opportunity to give their lives to Christ so if you're in here and you don't know Jesus you need to fix that I would not want to live in this chaotic world without faith in Jesus Christ If you look at people in this church and you're like, man, they just seem like they're okay. It's because we've got an anchor. And there may be storms, but we've all got an anchor. And we ain't getting blown left and right and up and down. We've got an anchor. It's Jesus Christ. He's the foundation that our lives are built upon. And the definitions of words haven't changed for us. The the meaning of life hasn't changed for us. Uh, Whether or not God can bless and God can heal hasn't changed for us because we have an, an anchor. And that's why when you look at believers and when you look at a church like Eternity Church, it seems like People are still living their best life because they're still living life with the best. Just because they the best God, but there's only one God, but which makes Him the best. So, you know, we have an anchor. You need an anchor. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And I always say this every single week. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it next week three times as well. It does not say that you have to fix your life to be saved. It does not say that you have to stop being an alcoholic to be saved. It does not say you've got to quit looking at porn to be saved. Those things would be great for you to stop. For sure. And God wants them to end. To be saved, you just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I don't want to pressure you to change your life on my timeline but i do know that god loves you too much to leave you where you are man he's not such a imagine that sort of dad that's like oh you're you're on drugs okay cool, cool 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 bye no 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 he's a good he's a good father he loves you too much to leave you where you are and so as you pursue god as you pursue your relationship with god he's going to speak to you and he's going to he'll speak to you through sermons through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, through relationships with people. He'll speak to you about things that need to change in your life. But He'll give you the grace for the journey, for the time that it takes to make the change, okay? And so right now, I'm not trying to get you to quit, you know, doing this or doing that. I just want you to give your life to Christ and start the journey. That's it. But I do do know this. He loves you so much, He is going to help you become all that He designed you to be. He is going to help you. Your life is going to get better. There is hope. Your best days are in front of you, but it all starts with, with believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. So everybody in the room is going to repeat after me. Believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth. Everyone in the room, front, back, right, left, everyone. You won't be praying this alone. Um, and, and so I just want you to I want you to pray it with all of us and especially those who are away from God and those who have never had a friendship with God. Repeat after me, everybody. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross for my sin. And He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all of that. I receive forgiveness for my sins. And I receive this brand new life with you as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask for your help to walk away from my past and to become all that you designed me to be. I want to honour you with my life and I want you to use me to do good on this planet. I give you my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on. It is a good thing to see people give their lives to Christ. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit myeternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.